0: Hey, welcome to 49ers After Dark. I'm Grant Cohn, uh, broadcasting live from my guest bedroom. That's Jesse Naylor, broadcasting live from the 49ers war room. He broke in. (laughs) They should call security right now.
1: They should. They should.
0: Um, I wanted to tell you. So I was uh, at my buddy's bachelor party this weekend, and uh, he he has a bunch of friends from college. I didn't go to college with him. I went to high school with him. One of his buddies is named Ding from Saint Petersburg, and I was like, "Oh man, I got a friend from Tampa." Now I don't expect you guys to know each other. No, if no, you no. Ever run into someone named Ding from Saint Petersburg? That's my buddy. Just well, li-
1: listen, if I run into a guy named Ding, I'm gonna bet everything that I own that it's probably the same guy you know. It's probably
0: apparently uh, he hits di- he hit dingers when he was a kid. So oh, I, I like know. it.
1: That's a good nickname.
0: Other thing about uh, my weekend I wanted to run by you was the whole Chicago, uh, the whole Colorado experience. I'd never been to Colorado. I've and, never you know, been either. I, I always thought of it as kind of like part of the West, but it's different. It's very Midwesty. The way I saw it was like it's like a cool Omaha.
1: A cool Omaha, okay. A
0: cool Omaha, like you know, there's you know, breweries and a lot of Tex-Mex restaurants, and there um, there's a lot of like cool outdoor stuff to do. But I was over as someone who's from Oakland and who really, really enjoyed visiting Detroit. I just was so overwhelmed by how Caucasian Denver is. I'm just oh, saying, like, I mean, so I was in Breckenridge, which is probably even more Caucasian, and it's like two hours into the mountains. And I went out to like the bars with my friend that night, and um, first first bar was a saloon where they're playing like live country <laughs> music, and you're getting like yeehaws from the audience right yeah yeah whoa like <laughs> Whoa, okay and then like ended up at at uh, like the the club of the night like where there like there's a DJ playing dubstep like wow okay all right not not enough but it, <laughs> wow <laughs> anyways uh Colorado i i didn't i didn't hate it i didn't hate it i thought it was very interesting quite interesting in fact i liked it, it seemed like it would be a nice place to snowboard but it was june
1: yeah, I, I've actually got a buddy that moved there around the same time that I moved to Tampa, and he absolutely loves Colorado. Although, I'll say the weather change is pretty drastic. He's He tells me that, like, one day they'll have mid-80s, and then the next day it snows. Just crazy, yeah. drastic weather changes, like, on a dime. But, yes, also very Caucasian is what he said as well.
0: Just, like, country music and dubstep? Like, come on, guys.
1: Stop <laughs> being so pretty.
0: We got to do better as Caucasians. As a fellow Caucasian... Country music and dubstep? Come on. We are what are, we, what are we? a stereotype over here? Come on. All right, moving on. The big news of the day was someone from what? ESPN floating the idea that the 49ers should trade Jimmy Garoppolo for Baker Mayfield. There are some arguments. I can understand why he suggested it. I mean, both teams are trying to unload those quarterbacks, and there's no market for either. So why not for each other? What do you think? <clears throat>
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because rumors since we kind of came up with the topics for the show, rumors are that Baker may end up in Seattle and Seattle is still interested in Baker and possibly willing to extend him, which as a Niner fan, make that happen, please. I would love to face Baker as much as possible. But as far as Jimmy for Baker goes, yeah, on the surface, it makes sense. You've got two teams that are looking to get rid of their guy. You bring in Jimmy Garoppolo for Cleveland. I mean, that's really the perfect fit. We're going to talk about it a little bit later, but that's one of the better rosters in the league. It absolutely is. They have plenty of money to take on the salary, the extra salary, and they get rid of Baker and dump his salary. So it makes a lot of sense for Cleveland. For the 49ers, to me, where it makes sense is you're getting rid of Jimmy from the locker room. So you're not going to have that issue. Trey Lance is the clear starter. Baker, as we know, is not winning anybody over, especially in a single year with the 49ers. So you don't have to worry about that. But to me, why would you spend, what is it, $18 million for Baker when you can save that money, roll it over to next year and essentially double it up? I just I think if you get rid of Garoppolo and take on any sort of salary cap and don't improve your starting roster, not worth it to me. I
0: just feel like I kind of hope the Niners do this so I can say like, oh, you would rather spend $19 million on a backup for Trey Lance than for protection for, for, for Trey Lance. Like you didn't want to sign the center or, or, Lake and Tomlinson. You wanted to bring in Baker Mayfield at the last minute. It seems too easy to poke holes in that plan. I don't think it works. Although at this point it might be the best use of the money that they could, the Jimmy Garoppolo money. But I don't, I don't think they can justify also what kind of message does that send not only to your fan base, but to your locker room about your confidence in trey lance yeah like we really right. believe in him but here's baker mayfield like i mean it's, it's it's a different circus it's it's not and it's like he's a different i mean yeah jimmy garoppolo needs to go but baker mayfield is way different than jimmy right like he would not be cool being the backup and uh he's kind of like a he he sees himself as like a superstar as like a a crossover you know, a guy who's like a really good actor and in, in commercials and stuff he's not taking a backseat to Trey Lance. I just seems like it would be a bad fit.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think personality wise, it wouldn't be the best fit, but I also think for as much as we look at Jimmy Garoppolo and say, Hey, you know, great teammate, a guy you want in your locker room leader, yada, yada, yada. At the same time, that's when he's the starter. If you're the leader of a team and all of a sudden you have to take a backup role to a team that you believe you've led to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship. I think that's a little awkward. I think that, to me, that's more of a slap in the face and could cause more rifts than even bringing Baker in. That's just my personal opinion.
0: Fair. I, I think I would rather just create the cap space and roll it over to next year. I mean, as nice as it would be to have a – because the Niners don't have a backup quarterback right now. They yeah. have Trey Lance and a couple of third stringers, if we're being – I mean, no one, no one would – if both Brock Purdy and Nate Sudfeld were on the practice squad, all the other teams would be like, you can keep him. <laughs> so that's what <where> the night <laughs> they're at. Maybe, maybe they know better, but no one wants those quarterbacks. It'd be nice to have a backup quarterback who's a starting caliber, who's the first pick in the draft and is still in his mid 20s. I just don't see it happening.
1: I just I also don't understand. I mean, to me, backup quarterback is like in San Francisco, because of the injuries to Jimmy Garoppolo, fans love their backup quarterback. You gotta have a good backup. I don't care about the backup, I really don't care about the backup quarterback. If you're going to have your starter go down for an extended period of time, I don't care who the backup is. You're not really going to win a lot of games anyways. For me, get rid of it, save that salary, roll it over to next year, and then go crazy next year in free agency. That's what I would do.
0: That's what I would do too. All right. Pro football focus this weekend when I was in bachelor party mode was out here ranking offensive play callers, and they put Kyle Shanahan fourth behind Andy Reid. Kellen Moore and Byron Leftwich ahead of Sean McVay. This was a highly controversial list. What was your takeaway? Uh,
1: You know what? I don't have a problem with them being ahead of McVay. Now, this is very, very different than head coach, right? Head coach, I think we have our thoughts about Kyle Shanahan, maybe the way he manages the clock. There's a lot of things that go into being a head coach. But when you just talk about an offensive play caller, is he perfect? No. But is he really, really good? Does he deserve to be in the top three? I believe he does. The one they got me was Kellen Moore. They had Kellen Moore, I think, number two. That's laughable to me. Kellen Moore is garbage, I think. Absolutely garbage. Dallas Cowboy whoa, fans. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, I wouldn't yeah, go, let's
1: let's talk whoa, about that.
0: Whoa, I wouldn't go that far. But I he's not, he's got a ways to go still. I think he's promising, but he got exposed largely as the season where I think he started off better than he finished. And D'Amico just destroyed him in the playoffs. But that being said, he's like my age, so I I, I, I wouldn't write him off just yet. But yes, uh, I would I would put Kyle ahead of Kellen Moore. I mean, Kyle's been I'm, okay. way longer than Kellen Moore.
1: Let let me let me walk and it back. Has garbage, when when I say garbage, that's more like barbershop talk, right? I don't I wouldn't put him in the top ten as a play caller. I Kellen wouldn't. Has,
0: I'm just saying he has a potential though. He might end up
1: a head coach. He may have potential. He might. And I liked him at Boise State as a quarterback. Kellen's-
0: yeah,
1: yeah. But to me, he's he's not he's not a top 10 play caller. No, no, I wouldn't say I that think was, he's super overrated. And I think I think Brian Dayball was overrated as well. I don't like the way that Brian Dayball calls plays. I think that he doesn't run the ball enough. And if you look at even Andy Reid, who's a great play caller, I would agree that he's probably number one. That's another guy that doesn't commit to running the ball and relies a lot on Patrick Mahomes' right arm. He just does. And so you look at Shanahan, who has a Jimmy Garoppolo. He stays up. Kyle could have Patrick, Kyle had Patrick Mahomes. Kyle could have. But we're not talking about Kyle the GM. We're talking about Kyle the offensive play caller. Okay. All right? Kyle the offensive play caller with Patrick Mahomes would be unstoppable in this league. Absolutely unstoppable.
0: Yeah, but, no, I feel you. I just feel like you're, you're talking a little stylistic preference here. The um, fact of the matter is I have a tough time ranking Kyle over play callers who have won Super Bowls. Because Mm -hmm. Kyle, as great as he is, I'm not even gonna use that word, but as excellent as he is, he has three times choked right at the end with great teams. When he's been on a roll, when he's been like looking unstoppable. And I think he needs to be, you know, until he wins a Super Bowl, that's his pattern. That's his that's what he's defined as. So like I have a tough time ranking him ahead of now. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl, but no. But like McDaniels. All right. I was just going to say won, McDaniel. Yeah. He's won lots of Super Bowls and he did good with Mac Jones. I think Kyle, again, Kyle has the potential to be number one one day, but he needs to like seal the deal first. I feel like he's the guy at the poker table who keeps getting to the final table, but losing. He needs to validate his whole, like his potential. I don't know that he's done it yet.
1: Would you put him ahead of Byron Leftwich? Because Leftwich, they had number three on that list.
0: See, to me, it's hard to say like, how much does, does Leftwich do? How much game planning does he do, or is it Brady? How much play calling Brady. does he do, or is it Brady or Arians? I mean, it's very hard to say, and he hasn't been doing it that long. I, I, I would probably put Kyle ahead of Leftwich again. I which hasn't been doing it that long, so again, it's not I that many people. I would rank ahead of Kyle, but I would put McVeigh. McVeigh just won the Super Bowl. I mean, we're talking legacy a lot right now, uh, especially out here in the Bay Area because Steph just won again, and like in the NBA, winning matters. I think in the NFL, which is very much a play-caller, coach-driven league, winning matters. And the fact that Kyle has had great success in the regular season is good. And the fact that he's made it to the big games is better. But he needs to seal the deal, man. He's had fourth-quarter leads three times, twice in the Super Bowl and once in the NFC Championship. Seal the deal. Because until you do, people are going to be like, you don't know how to win, you know? That's true. You just don't. That's true. You might have flashier offenses in, in November. Like you can't seal the deal. and He needs to prove that that's not true.
1: And I agree with that. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that. And I would probably yeah. put McDaniel too because of that. And I would put you know, Shane
0: D'Antoni Green. in the NFL right now, man. Like, I like yeah. what you're doing, dog, <laughs> but you haven't won it all yet. You know what I'm saying?
1: I feel it. Yeah, I, I do feel that. Because D'Antoni yeah. had some great offenses I, now, dude, right? He's a
0: really good offensive coach. Yeah. I'm just saying. But people knock that. Like, that would be the main knock against D'Antoni. You never proved that your style of offense can go all the way. You never proved it.
1: That's that's completely fair, but it is again. It's really hard to win in the NFL. There's a it lot that hard. has to go right, hard. and being the fact, I mean, if Shanahan was just an offensive play caller, I don't know a team. I mean, maybe two or three other teams would say no to him, but everybody else would be like, uh, "Yeah, we're, we're firing our guy, and if you want to come here, absolutely, you're here." I, think, Dallas, I, would four. Tampa, I think I Dallas Tampa.
0: I agree that four is is the spot for him. I would just put Reed McVeigh and McDaniel's ahead of him based just solely on accomplishments. Um, I I think Kyle can outcoach them any day of the week, but I don't know if he can outcoach them in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. That remains to be seen. But, I mean, Kyle on his best day is better than any of those guys. Uh, But I would put him fourth, I guess. Because it's like, yeah, Kyle, you know, I mean, he has a long track record, but isn't he kind of similar to Zach Taylor? I mean, Zach Taylor just lost the Super Bowl too. You know, Zach Taylor did nothing. I'm just saying, so you could be pessimistic and put him in that tier. Until he separates himself, he's in the the best play caller who hasn't g- gotten the, the gold yet. Pretty much, that's fair.
1: That's yeah. and, and that's totally fair. I understand where you're coming from. I personally would put him ahead of McVeigh, but I would put McVeigh ahead of ahead of Shanahan as a head coach, because I think there are little nuances that head coaches do and are responsible for that McVeigh just does a little little bit better at. But as a play caller, I'd take Shanahan. I mean, if Trey Lance is the right quarterback for Kyle, he could be.
0: He's going to be number one.
1: He better be the right, right quarterback. He's going
0: to win Super Bowls, and he's going to be number one. I just don't want to crown Kyle before, uh, prematurely. That's fair. That's because fair. There's so many people that like to do that for – not you. But a lot of people are like, Kyle is the next Bill Belichick. Maybe. Maybe. But he needs more people saying he's not because he needs to prove people wrong. He's good at
1: that. And, and listen, as a head coach, I'm 100% on board with you. Like, way too early. There's some, yeah. there's definitely some guys that would take over him. It's just I'm, I'm trying to separate the offensive oh, court. Hold on. He has his hand. He has his hand in way, way too much. He has his hand in way too much as a GM, I think. And as a head coach, I think there are some things to be desired. I do think he's improving. But just as an offensive
0: but hold coordinator, on. I mean, mean be specific. he's specific. What my issue is with him as an offensive co- uh, play caller. Choking. You know what I'm saying? It's be like, a, an, an, like an offense. Like if Steph Curry just always shrunk in the fourth quarter of big games, like people would talk about that. And as great as Kyle is, I, where were the calls for Debo in the last 13 minutes of the NFC championship game? That's on Kyle. That's choking. You're calling plays for Jermichael Hasty. No, you got to go down with your best guys. And so, I, I've seen him not do that multiple times. So I gotta I, wonder. I, that's my that's my question with him.
1: I, I would agree. Super
0: Bowl, you can always nitpick, but with Andy Reid, people did that with him for a long time too.
1: That's fair. No, they you're right. They definitely and did. He won one,
0: he vaulted to the top. So that could be Kyle.
1: That's true. That's true. I, I will say this though. I think so. I would say the Super Bowl loss, certainly some questionable play calls when he was with Atlanta. I would say oh, NFC, What a I, damn ball. I but I even even when he was with the 49ers, I actually think he called a pretty damn good game, even the fourth quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo was so incompetent in that game. He dialed up multiple first downs for Debo, multiple first downs for Kittle in the fourth quarter, wide open, and Jimmy could not get him the ball. At the all in the rule. Super Bowl. Yeah, yes. Couldn't do it. That's true. So,
0: Yeah, you can't always put it on uh, Jimmy or Kyle 100%. They, they, they share it. But
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Anyway, I'm not saying Kyle can't be. I just feel like four is fair. That's I, true. Eleanor, okay. Byron Leftwich, not fair. All right, moving on.
1: We're splitting hairs. We're definitely splitting hairs. That's Which what is
0: what we do on this show. Splitting hairs. <laughs> Fortnite, Left to Dark. I'm so <laughs> sweaty. I look. Here's the thing. Oakland is like it used to be not quite hot enough to ever need air conditioning for more than like a couple of days. But like uh, that thing called global warming seems to be real. And yeah. man, it's so hot in the summer in Oakland these days. And I don't have air conditioning. So I've just been like,
1: oh, you don't have an air conditioner at all. No, well, you're glistening.
0: Glistening. So I might have to do that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I would say that's a number one upgrade you need. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so CBF. CVS-
0: CBS ranks Debo Samuel the eighth best wide receiver. I don't have the list of the top seven in front of me. Do you?
1: I can get it in like two seconds, Grant.
0: I can get it in a second and a half.
1: All right. I Mike got it. Evans, Tyree Kill, <laughs> Stefan
0: Diggs, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. Those are some really good wide receivers. Do you agree with putting Debo eighth?
1: I see, I'm trying to make sense of this list because you see guys like Mike Evans. Uh Stefan Diggs, guys that have done it, Devontae Adams, right? Guys that have done it for a long period of time. And so you're like, okay, well, maybe they're going off of career achievement. But then you see Jamar Chase is number three. He's had one year in the NFL, period. Not just one good year, just one year in the NFL. He's hella good though. He is hella good. And I don't, I'm not arguing with Jamar Chase.
0: Yeah.
1: I think Debo's top five. I I really do. I I think Justin Jefferson is good but I would take him over Justin Jefferson and I would take him over Stephon Diggs.
0: Here's the way I look at it. Would the Niners be better if they traded Debo for Mike Evans? No. Like no brainer. No. No. Doesn't he, so Debo's better. I think what they're trying to be like, oh, is Debo. They're, they're trying to say he's like, his value is more than being a wide receiver. And if you just limit him to being a wide receiver, he's not as good. Like who cares what you call him. Would you trade Debo for Mike Evans? No. Would you trade Debo for Tyree Kill?
1: No, because of the no. age.
0: No. Also because he's better than Tyree Kill. I mean, maybe Tyree Kill's a better deep threat, but after the catch, Debo's better. Would you trade Debo for Stephon Diggs? No. No. Would you trade Debo for Cooper Cup? Would, would the Niners be better if they had Cooper Cup instead of Debo?
1: The Niners specifically? Probably not. No. No.
0: No. Would they be better if they had Jamar Chase? I, now, I, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. He's really damn good. He's kind of like Debo good. with with like four three speed. But would the Niners be better if they had Justin Jefferson? Justin Jefferson is damn good. Debo can do more. I'll take Debo. It's like, to me, well, you're saying he's not really a wide receiver. It's like saying Steph's not really a point guard. Like, who gives a damn what you call him? I'll take that guy on my team. Debo is an offensive weapon. Curry's an offensive weapon. They can do multiple things. They're elite at both of them. I'll take that. Justin Jefferson can't play a running back. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'm, you know, is he that much better of a wide receiver than oh, as a wide receiver than Debo? No. Debo played with Jimmy. Justin Jefferson played with a much better quarterback. Devontae Adams, Jamar, all these guys played with much better quarterbacks. That's the thing with Debo. As long as he's got his head straight and his body and his is his all straight, and Trey Lance is the truth. I'm betting on Debo to be number one. Hammer Jamar, pretty much. Those are the two. To me, those are the two best offensive weapons in the league: Debo and Jamar Chase. Those guys.
1: Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. But even just as a pure wide receiver, I mean, this is a guy that was on pace for eighteen hundred yards. He was neck and neck with Cooper Cup with way less targets, right? Way less catches, and he's just, oh, okay. You you want to throw behind the line of scrimmage? Cool. I'm good for seventy nine. Like no other receiver does those things, and he does it on a regular basis. Yep. Debo Samuel is a top five wide receiver, even if you take the, ru- the running game out of it, because you can just throw it behind the line of scrimmage. It's basically like a run anyways, and he's going to break three tackles and take it to the house. Yeah, Debo's a top five wide receiver, no question.
0: I think he's top three. I think the top three receivers in the league are him, Jamar Chase, and Cooper Cup. I think there's no coincidence that those three guys were right at the end of the season and that you know Jamar Chase and the Bengals made it way ahead of schedule, not, not because of Burrow. Burrow's a very good quarterback, top 10. Jamar Chase is an all-pro. He's the one that propelled that team as far as they went. And, frankly, the Niners should have been the Super Bowl if Debo Samuel was allowed to take them there. But Kyle took the ball out of his hands. And McVay didn't take the ball out of Cooper Cup's hands. And he brought the uh, the Rams all the way. I think offensive weapons are that important. And the guys that make it to the Super Bowl probably are the best. Nothing against Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams. But they didn't make it that far. And I saw Devontae Adams. And uh, the Niners locked him up in uh green bay. i was there locked him up so yeah very good very good player much harder to stop debo because even if you do have a cover corner or you double team him what are you gonna do when you put him at running back what are you gonna do when i throw that screen to him you oh oh you can't tackle him oh you can't tackle him oh you're screwed oh you're screwed that's it's,
1: a, no they and that's very true also but i will i'm gonna push back on this part i'll tell you this green bay without Devonte adams aaron Rodgers gets the ball with 37 or 39 seconds against san francisco again down I'm not worried that they're going to score. Not with Devontae Adams, not on the field. It's a whole different team.
0: This whole argument is like a a pure wide receiver. Forget that. It's like talking pure point guard. I want the point guard who can score 30 and shoot 43% from three. I don't give me – don't just say like Magic Johnson had more assists or Chris Paul had more assists. Like I'm cool. I will I will take –
1: you know what I'm talking about. Whoever you're talking to agrees with me as well. It was it was my son. <laughs> he definitely he came in, he goes, Hey, I'm watching you and Grant. That Grant guy has no idea what he's talking about. I'm like, That's don't, true. Don't, we're we're live right now, don't fair enough. <laughs> All right.
0: So the NFC was weak before Rob Gronkowski retired. Then he retired, now it's even weaker. How do you sort of rank it out
1: right now? Yeah, you, you know what, Grant? I, I actually want to take this a step further. I want to just relook at the NFC because I think we might have sold it a little bit short. Here's what I mean by that. I think, at least for me, I don't I don't know if you did. I think I did because I said it was a three-team race between Tampa, the 49ers, and the Rams. Like, I thought Green Bay was a step behind. I'm really looking at those rosters. Now, the quarterback is a question mark for these teams, but it technically is for the 49ers a little bit too. But the Eagles and the Saints are stacked rosters. Yeah. Those are yeah. some good rosters rosters really good rosters yeah so i think the nfc as a whole really has like those six teams are the teams and then we'll see what the seventh team is but i think any one of those six teams can beat any of the other six teams right and so i think the nfc as a whole is going to be very very close and when gronkowski leaves the buccaneers who in my opinion was the best team they were like the one that was slightly above the rest I think that brings them back down to the pack, and it, it really is wide open, absolutely wide open. And I, I mean, the forty nine ers could be that team. I don't know. I just when I when I 30, look at the Bucks, man, that's that's a massive piece to lose. It absolutely is a massive piece to lose. Yeah. It, it just is because Gronk was turning into Gronk again. He really was. And Brady
0: has leaned on him so much the last ten years. Yeah, I'm with you. It seems to me that the team, I mean, they're still good. They still have Mike Evans. They're still a good, they still have a very good defense. They still have Todd Bowles, still Brady. So you can't write them out, but they're not like far and away in this class above everyone except for the Rams. I think pretty much you got the Rams at the top, although the Niners do match up well with them. But right now they're the champs. And after them, you got a whole group of teams, including the Niners, the Bucks, the Saints. The Eagles, and I'm going to put one team in there, even though I've been fooled by them so many times, it's embarrassing, but I think it's too early to just write off Arizona. Kyler's very good. Uh, Hollywood Brown's a nice addition. They played together in college, and DeAndre Hopkins coming back, and you you can look at their record, Uh, but when Hopkins is healthy, they tend to win, or at least last year. Anyway, they're not great, but they're tough. I think they're probably as tough as Philly, so just I'm just saying in that tier.
1: Yeah, I think I think I put them more like a step behind, like in the Dallas tier. Like between them, them Dallas, those are probably the two teams that'll be fighting for that seventh seed, in my opinion. Because I think Philly wins wins the East. Can I, I just think, do
0: you know, I think losing yeah. Amari Cooper is going to hurt?
1: Yeah, for I Dallas. Agree.
0: Yeah, I and mean, they hold on to Zeke, but they lost yeah. Amari. Like that sucks. Yeah. Like,
1: to- yeah, I, and they-, they lost. They lost quite a few pieces actually.
0: I mean, it seems like when you're facing Dallas, you're just like, on defense, you're like, give it to Zeke. Give it to Zeke. Please give it to Zeke.
1: Please. Please." And they do it. He's definitely lost a step. Oh! Or three.
0: Doing his favor. I mean, he's washed. He's washed. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, and they lost. Coopers, they could hold on to him? Yeah. eh, Yeah. But then, yeah, Sorry.
1: But Arizona lost Chandler Jones. That's a huge loss. And the year before they lost us son Reddick. Like that's yeah, but crazy. if JJ Watts stay healthy, like <laughs> yeah, right. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. If he could say, yeah, never, never gonna stay healthy. That poor guy. Hell no player, It's a Great
0: though. year for the Niners to make a move. It's too bad that uh it's too bad that their schedule's so tough and that Trey didn't get more reps last year. But you know, reps didn't hold back Patrick Mahomes in his first year starting and mean, Or Aaron Rodgers. So, I don't know. Maybe he'll just – maybe the fact that he has Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brendan IU, Elijah Mitchell, he'll just tear it up, plus a top-five defense. Maybe we're just selling him short, and the Niners really are going to be this juggernaut of a team
1: right away. They don't seem to be that confident, though. Yeah, but see, going back to that first topic about the Garoppolo-Baker-Mayfield, that's why it's important that you just let Garoppolo go and save that full $25 or so. Because again, you have the opportunity to quote unquote, go all in during the season. Right. If a guy becomes available, that's on a bad team. That's in the final year of his contract. You can take that player on and make a run much like you did with Emmanuel Sanders, much like the Rams did with Odell Beckham Jr. So to me, like they still have that opportunity to go all in. They just got to see it. They just got to see yeah. it happen. So,
0: yeah, I with that I, I don't. See to me, go like there should be an all-in move if if the Niners are good, and it shouldn't be like a backup quarterback. That's not the all-in move. It's not Baker. It's I don't know whoever's available. Some running back, some corner, some safety.
1: And maybe they want to see it. Maybe they want to see them start five and two or something. You know, start hot like they did in in 2019. That's fair. But if you do that and you have Jimmy on the roster still, there's nothing you can do about it. But if he's not on the roster. You can absolutely make a lopsided trade and go get a guy. So,
0: Jesse, uh, do you think we should always take an athlete's word as gold considering how strenuously uh, Tyreek Hill has been boosting up Tua Tagovailoa and now recently how much Eric Armstead has been praising Jimmy Garoppolo, called him a phenomenal, great quarterback?
1: I I think this is an interesting topic because – To me, this goes back to the Debo situation. Now, I think you and I were on it pretty early that Debo, there was a possibility he might leave. Now, I don't think either one of us said that it was for sure going to happen, but we talked about the social media stuff. I think that a lot of people hated that conversation, especially as early as we had it. But it became very apparent that there was a time where he asked to be traded. But the moment that he came out and was like, I mean, you guys don't know what you're talking about. The media has no idea. Everybody's like, see? Debo's fine. He wants to be a 49er. You don't know what you're talking about. And then it parlayed into the Eric Armstead situation, talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. You've heard Tyreek Hill talk about Tua. I've been in spaces, Grant, where I've heard Antonio Cromartie Debated with him. I had a live debate with Antonio Cromartie where he told me that Patrick Mahomes was not a top five quarterback in this league. Wow. So, wow. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay. The okay. Bottom line yeah. is
1: this. I think that we take, and I, I say we, we as fans take ex-athletes opinions or current athletes opinions as goal. It's like once they say something that, that goes against status quo, it's like, well... That athlete knows what they're talking about. You don't play the sport. How can you know what you're talking about? And I I just think that that's, to me, that's kind of a cheesy way to look at it. I think you should go by the eye test. What do your eyes tell you? And if you're watching Jimmy Garoppolo and you see, you can honestly tell me that you see what Eric Armstead sees, or if you watch Tua and you can say that, hey, yep, he is better at anything than Patrick Mahomes because Tyreek Hill says so. Then by all means, I'll I'll listen to the argument. But if you're doing it just because another athlete, a fellow teammate, says that, I can't go. I I just I think that a lot of people take what they say as gold, and and they shouldn't. They absolutely shouldn't.
0: Yeah, like just because someone plays football doesn't mean they have a, a, a a perceptive perception. That's insightful about another player on his team. And this what what was so crazy about last season to me. Like everyone was saying, well, when Trey's ready, his teammates will know it. No, they won't. How? No. What are you talking about? They're focused on themselves. They're focused on getting better, 1% better that day. They're focused on pass rush technique or blocking or running routes. They're not sitting back there watching the quarterback all day being like, do you see that? That it's like, they're not even – first of all, they're not really qualified. They're qualified to play a position, not to judge another position, and they're not watching that closely. So um, the whole, like, when Trey is ready, people will know it. No, and that's why they can't have a quarterback competition this year because certain defensive tackles who think they know but don't already have their mind made up. And that's what's crazy to me about Trey. He says that's a tough situation where if the Niners don't win – don't go back to the playoffs this year players on his own team are going to blame him and they're not even going to have a good reason to but it's like well jimmy just won jimmy's phenomenal jimmy's a phenomenal quarterback and we won with him and you it's like okay well I, what made him phenomenal and why were you winning and maybe the fact that you lost a bunch of like dj jones and Leggett thomas and alex Mack and all these players i'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs but he's in a tough position even in his own locker room like yeah we believe in you buddy but the wins better keep rolling in. They better. That's kind of how I, I interpret Armstead's words.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't disagree, but you know what's funny is so Eric Armstead has said this twice during the offseason that basically Jimmy is why we won. We were a losing franchise before Jimmy. Let's it's really insane. break down the Jimmy Garoppolo time in San Francisco. So he comes in in 2017. They go five and zero, oh, right? Looked fantastic. Then 2018 starts. Let's not forget before that ACL, they really should have been 0-3. They got beat by Minnesota. They should have lost to the <laughs> to the Lions. They got gifted a win in that one. And then they were on their way to losing to the Chiefs. They should have been 0-3 with Jimmy Garoppolo. 2020 comes around. They win. Or excuse me, 2019 comes around. They win. Why did they win? They also added Bosa and Debo Samuel, two guys that are elite at their position. They oh, add those guys. So then in somewhat 2020, elite. they lose again.
0: What was that? Yeah. Somewhat elite. Yes, somewhat.
1: Yeah, somewhat elite. Then they lose in 2020 when Jimmy was injured. But who else was injured? Bosa, Bosa was injured and Debo was injured. Yes. So, I mean, what are we talking about? Then they went again last year. But who was healthy? Debo Bosa. I mean, I don't know, man. I just it's crazy to equate winning with Jimmy Roffler. It just is. I'm sorry.
0: It's absolutely crazy. But that's the way it works and that's what some of the players on this team are doing and that's why Trey Lance is in a tough spot um and what what's crazy to me is I still don't feel that the team is a hundred percent sold that they needed to replace Jimmy I mean if Eric Armstead a captain is publicly saying Jimmy Garoppolo was a phenomenal quarterback phenomenal quarterbacks don't need to be replaced he's 30 not 40. Thirty years old, phenomenal quarterback. That to me says Armstead saying, "I don't understand why we got a new quarterback. I don't understand why we traded up for this. I don't understand why we got a quarterback. I don't understand why we're replacing Jimmy." But you know, it's not my place to say, and you know, time will tell if if Kyle's right. But I definitely am skeptical because he's a phenomenal quarterback, and this guy is only twenty two, and he's never he's won one game, and this guy's went up blah, 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 blah. A tough spot, tough, spot.
1: And it is much, a tough he, spot. It doesn't
0: matter what you do; it just better win.
1: They like Jimmy as a person. Like that that certainly gets in the way. When you're a teammate with somebody, if you like them as a person, that I mean, they're automatically, they go from a five to a seven. Right? <laughs> like, they like they're automatically winning, better.
0: They also like winning, and Kyle hasn't proven he can't he can win without Jimmy in Santa. Right. In, so and they know that. So this guy, I mean, this there's just natural skepticism. I think Kyle thought his team would be, you know, hey, Kyle said it. It must be the right. It must be true, but not necessarily in the quarterback issue.
1: Now, this wasn't a topic, but in the same vein, a little bit. Did you see that clip or that picture that was posted of Brandon I.U. playing Madden and he substituted Garoppolo for Trey Lance? Did you see that? No. (laughs) Did you not see that? No. 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 It was like a picture on his IGs playing Madden and he's got Trey Lance in at quarterback who is not the starter on Madden. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. I just thought it was pretty funny.
0: Nice. Well, he's probably trying to throw the ball to himself, and it's much easier to do that (laughs) with Trey Lance.
1: (laughs) He wanted to be a little mobile and throw it on the run. Yeah, Trey Lance will do that for you.
0: All right, final question of the show. Do the 49ers have the most top-end talent in the NFL of any team, in your opinion?
1: Okay, so with this one, I actually had to go through some of the rosters just to make sure that I was on point with my thinking here. I I do. I I think that they do. And the reason that I say that is there is no other team that can say that they have a top five player at their position at six different positions. The 49ers are the only team that can say that. In fact, there are maybe two other teams that can say that possibly at five other positions. And that would be the Browns and the Chargers. Just depends on if you think Herbert's a top five quarterback. Some people do. Some people don't. I do. Personally, um, but it that's borderline. The Browns are borderline at a couple different positions, depending on you know how you would rate a couple players. The 49ers have six players that are top five at their position. The only team that can wow. post that they got use check, Debo. Hey, you got to include it the in the game, exactly. okay, All right, use check, use check, oh. Debo, Trent Williams, Kittle, yeah, Bosa, Fred Warner.
0: Funny how most of those players are on the offense and defense is better. But, yeah, it's very interesting. Yes.
1: Yes. Jimmy, Ward, even if you want to take – well, maybe. I think he's borderline. But even if you want to take Juszczyk out of that, they're the only team that for sure you can say yes.
0: Not I All those players. Juszczyk's a weapon.
1: Can't, can't do it. He's a dog. Dog.
0: All right, yeah. And you know what? The thing that's crazy about him is you could always count on the quarterback holding the Niners back. This year you just don't know. You just don't know. The only thing the rest of the league can hope on is that his inexperience will hold him back. But if, you know, he hits the ground running like Mahomes and and Rodgers, if he, you know, all accounts, he's been. He's a very smart guy. He's dedicated. He's been taught well. Uh, He he just might really do well very quickly. And then, boom, you got top you got top end talent at quarterback as well. Now, he's not a top five quarterback yet, but he does have the talent to be one, which is nice
1: because Jimmy never did ever. Yeah. And, and by the way, I think this question is different from the most talented team. I think the most talented team in the NFL is probably the chargers. And then it's the 49ers or Browns because the chargers have, I mean, you talk about guys that are borderline top five or that second wave of players, the guys like Khalil max, who aren't yeah. top five at their position anymore, but are really freaking good guys like, I don't know, the uh, Slater, maybe you don't consider him as, as a top five player at his, but they, I mean, stacked that team is so good San Diego's a problem and I'm glad that Cincinnati they're
0: the is a problem. Cincinnati a problem. is a
1: problem but also, I don't think they're as talented yeah, on paper are,
0: are low-key stacked no one thinks about it because they lost so many games last year but the Bengals lost a bunch of games the year before look at the Jets like every position group they got someone who's not top five but it's really intriguing sauce Gardner CJ Mosley uh Carl Lawson Kai Becton Garrett Wilson uh CJ Uzuma, the tight end, Brees Hall, they're all very. They're a very young team, but um, they got
1: Lakin too, didn't they? They got Lakin too. So yeah, yeah this Brees Hall is a good one.
0: Brees Hall, yeah.
1: But I think, I mean, God, I look at the Chargers, I look at the Browns. Those teams yeah. are absolutely set. That's why I say, if Jimmy goes to the Browns, I mean, you're talking about a top three to five roster in the NFL. I mean, there he he could do it again. You <laughs> know, he could do it again because the roster is so damn good over there.
0: See, I wonder if the Niners would just be reluctant to send Jimmy Garoppolo to a good team. Jimmy wants to go to a good team, but don't you really not want to put Jimmy in a position where he can
1: win more games and trade this year? Don't you want to do that? For sure, but if you cut him, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it, right? Well, they haven't cut him. I swear, if, if they keep Jimmy Garoppolo because of that, that would be so dumb. It's <laughs> so dumb.
0: It would. It would. But I have a bottle of ro- a wine uh, running on this, so please keep him so I can win this bet with my dad.
1: well i'll say this though more importantly though grant is the 49ers to me when you break it down you compare them to the rams the rams only have four of those players 49ers have six and i think that second tier talent the 49ers also compete with the rams you got guys like Traverius ward jimmy ward uh brandon iuke those types of guys and when you compare that with the second tier talent of the rams i think that's very comparable i just I look at it and I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC West on paper. I do. Doesn't mean that they're going to win the West, but I think that they are the best team in the NFC West on paper.
0: If Trey Lance can play like a top 10 quarterback down the stretch, and um the Niners can keep him upright and he can stay healthy. I'm with you.
1: I'm with you. We'll see. We I mean, a top 15 quarter. Grant. Jimmy Garoppolo was like 17 to 22, maybe 17 in his best days. If he's consistently a top 15 guy, I mean that's probably worth two more wins than it was last year. Possibly, still though, I think
0: to really make noise in the in the in the playoffs, you need a guy playing like he's top 10. I think Trey can. I I think. I I just wish he'd gotten a little bit more experience last year. What a mistake! But you know, it didn't. Again, there's there's precedent that this could work. And he did look very sharp in, in minicamp, so I'm not writing him off. I haven't seen anything to, to indicate that the Niners' plan isn't working. It seems to be working so far with Lance. So we'll see.
1: That's fair, but I, but I also agree that he would have been ahead, even further ahead, had he played last year. I I just I don't know how anybody can argue against that. Trey Lance himself said the weeks that he made the biggest leaps was when he played. So. That's right.
0: Anyway, he had a broken finger. Now it's healthy. I everything, all systems go. As long as they can keep him upright and they don't Andrew Luck him, this team could really exceed expectations. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. As long as they don't
1: Andrew Luck him, that's great. Yes, I hope that All right. doesn't happen either. Because
0: <laughs> right. everyone like no one cares about that anymore. It's like oh Joe Burrow bounced back. Like okay, well Andrew Luck didn't. So be careful. Andrew A Luck is like this is I'm done. I hate this organization. <laughs>
1: Whoa, be careful. And it's not like Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck took them. Didn't he take them to the playoffs his first year?
0: Yeah. Yes. We're a
1: terrible team.
0: Yeah, he was the team. He was great. He was great. And uh, he should still be playing, but he's not. And the I blame him. Col- mean,
1: God, if he was still on the Colts, they would be so stacked right now. Super duper stacks.
0: Jesse, what you got going on the rest of the week?
1: Not a near nada. Because I got family in town for like the next four weeks. So... Spending time with them, doing a lot less lives, and I'll be posting content on the channel. I'll still be posting about twice a week, but shorter videos, you know, like pre-made videos, nothing live. I just can't commit right now. Loving the family time, and let's be honest, I mean, it's a slow time of the season. Slow time. Good time.
0: Well, have a great time. Thank you. Thanks for doing the show. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'll see you guys tomorrow.